they've ever left. They wore themselves out in worship. Normally, they're like, they're like gone. Maybe they're bummed out because the adults match their energy today. So question for you, watching online and in person, I want, I want to ask you a question. Where are you mentally right now? Where are you mentally right now? Are you here or are you somewhere else? Seems like a crazy question to open a Sunday message, but statistics point to the fact that these are fair questions. There's a saying that it says this, be where you're at when you're there. Be where you're at when you're there. Because what? We live in a hectic world, all right? Chances are there are people here today, or maybe, again, you're online, and you're thinking about where, where are you eating after service? You're thinking about what's going on this evening around 720. You're thinking about what happened this past week, the problems you were dealing with last night, the person who offended you, the deadline for your school project, the meeting on your job, the full schedule this upcoming week. As a matter of fact, psychologists Matthew Killingsworth and Daniel Gilbert said this. They said, the average person spends 46.9% of their time thinking about something other than what they're presently doing. That there was very disheartening to me when I read that. Wow. Almost 50% of people when they're doing something. Now, I know that's not you today in church because when I'm preaching, you're always just totally tuned in to every word. I and mean, you hang on the next word when I'm in this pulpit. So I know it never happens in church. But other places, 46.9% are not even there when they're there. And I was a bit devastated by this statistic because I guess to me, I look and I go, wow, I don't want to just preach it. Where am I at? And I'm like, you know, I'm probably just as guilty. How many times have my boys said, let's throw the football, dad, let's go outside. And you go out and you're throwing a football, but your mind is not on the football. Or my daughter says, dad, listen to this song. Yeah, okay, play it, honey. But my mind is somewhere else. I don't want to live my life like that. It reminds me of a song by Jeremy Camp, Keep Me in the Moment. How much do we miss because we're somewhere else? Be where you're at when you're there. Today I want to speak on this topic. Thank you, Lord. Just simple. Next week we have our concert. I don't get to preach a message on Thanksgiving and I love, I've said to many of you, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of the year. And so I want to preach on the simple topic. Thank you, 
Lord. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for everybody here who's in person watching online. Thank you for what we just experienced. I mean, we don't want to take that for granted. We just felt the pow your power, your presence so strong as we sang these songs of worship to you. And, and God, you're, you're, and there's no doubt, uh, there's an angelic presence. That your, your presence is here in this place. I believe that you're going to speak to us. Help me not to get in the way. Just speak through me. Let your, let your anointing rest upon me and let every eye and ear and mind be open to your word, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You know, this jumbled mental state that I just referenced also, I would argue, affects thankfulness because I got to thinking this past week, I don't, I don't know many people who are ungrateful. Now, I know you'd make an I mean, are you kidding me? There's a lot of people ungrateful in this world, but I would say that people don't make intentional decisions to like, Oh, you bought me a meal? Well, I'm not saying thank you to you. I, I don't think people do that. Or, or God, you owe me something. I don't think, I don't think that's the majority. There's people out there. But I think the majority of society, if you forget to say thank you to somebody for buying your meal, it's not because you're an ungrateful person. Certainly, we have to emphasize, teach our children, you need to say thank you. Thank you is nice. But I think a lot of times it's just, oh, I slipped my mind or my mind was somewhere else. I was rushing off to the next thing. And so we need to say thank you. But I would argue that it's not intentional. That for the most part, we are a, a, a humanity that expresses gratefulness. That we, we are thankful where someone does something nice for us. And so it's more that our minds are, are full, that we're maybe we're burdened with a problem, an issue, a meeting, a deadline, that we are mentally off to the next place before we've even left the place where we're at. And I think also, speaking of next week, I think that's a, a lot of times why, because next week, the power and presence of God is going to be in this sanctuary. There's going to be an anointed group of singers and worshipers who are not going to be here to perform for us. It's not like some secular concert that you're just looking at these great singers. They are going to lead us into a time of worship. And God is going to respond to the praise of his people. And so he's going to inhabit that praise. And there's going to be an incredible, powerful presence of Jesus next Sunday. We believe that. And I believe that there are people who are looking for that very thing in our community. That if we invited 10 people, there's chances our one, at least one is going to come and they're going to experience the power and presence of God and they're going to enjoy that and it's going to really, could, it could possibly change their life. And we believe that too. So then we, why do we not invite more people? I don't think it's because, well, I don't, I don't think God's presence is going to be here. I don't, I don't care about anybody in our community. That's not the case. Typically, it's because the people we work next to, live next to, uh, see at the restaurants, our minds are on some other place. So we're not necessarily thinking about, oh, getting this invitation, inviting them. What are they going through in their life? I wonder if their family's all right. I wonder if they're struggling. I wonder if they're looking for something. I wonder if they're searching for something that maybe, maybe God has an answer and I could give them this. And they might find an experience, a life-changing experience with Jesus Christ. Because our minds are, kids, be quiet. What are you ordering? Uh, we got to get going. All right, I, I got an appointment to be to. And our minds are in so many places that oftentimes we're not even present in a place when we're there. And so I get annoyed sometimes with my kids. I know you never get annoyed with yours, but with mine once in a while, we'll be somewhere nice. And my kids, tell me if your kids do this or they did this. My kids will say like, what are we doing next, dad? 
Anybody ever have a child do that? Awesome. Wonderful. Great. Your parents didn't raise your, their hands, so you must have been a very good kid. <laughs> and so they'll go, what are we doing next, Dad? What are we doing tomorrow? And I will be like, guys, in a very nice, calm voice, I'll say, guys, I'll say, why don't we enjoy what we're doing right now? We'll talk about tomorrow later, but right now, and, and I get especially passionate <laughs> when I've just dropped a ton of money. Like, I'm not talking about, like, McDonald's sometimes. Like, I just bought something to go to some tickets to some place. I remember in Seattle once, we went to the Air and Space Museum. I could have stayed there all day long. One of the best Air and Space Museums in the country. And my kids were there for 47 seconds, and they were ready to leave. Well, the tickets were not cheap. And I'm like, no, you all going to look at some planes. And I wanted to read, and I'm trying to say, guys, this is a B-2 bomber in the World War. Look, check this out. Guys, you got to look and read this. And they're off, and they're trying to climb in planes that are roped. Up. Guys, get down. I'm bored, Dad. Can't I go up in the plane? No, you cannot go in the plane that was built in 1864. No, you can't do that. I'm like, but I just spent a lot of money. This mentality, though, it, it impacts gr gratefulness because uh, well, what are we doing? Because guess what? Sometimes we never grow out of it. <laughs> what am I doing tomorrow? When's the next meal? When's the next car? I want to get the next job, the next promotion. I'm gonna... Can we just stop and enjoy what's going on right now? Because the, the mentality impacts gratefulness, and it gets in my way, and I'm guessing by statistics, it gets in your way, too. And so I stumbled across an article last week that was written more than a year ago. It was written by our now newly elected assistant general superintendent of the eastern zone of the United Pentecostal Church. His name is Daryl Johns, pastors of Great Church in Atlanta. But I came across this article, and he talks about how he confesses, and he's transparent, which I like real people anyway. I don't, don't, don't be fake. Just tell me the truth. He's, he confessed that I get this busy mentality, and I'm not always mentally present. And so right off the bat, I was like, all right, I'm connecting to this writer because I get there sometimes too. But then he talked about how his wife posed a question. And when I read this question, he said, it caused me to stop and just go, whoa. And I read the question, and it caused me to stop and go, whoa. And he said his wife asked this question and said, what if you woke up today with only the things you thanked God for yesterday? That's a question. Because I think for the most part, we're grateful people. But do we always do an incredible job thanking God? For what he did for us. Oh, no, he knows. Yeah, I'm great. Yeah, we're, we're, we're tight like that. Yeah, I'm tight with my kids, too. But if they don't thank me for the last 15 things I got them, we're going to have a talk. How many of us would be doing well? I know most of us are truly thankful. But do we express that to God? Or has our schedules, our burdens, our deadlines, our problems gotten in the way of thankfulness? I don't only want to take time to thank God when miracles happen. 
I want to thank God for every part of my day. I want to thank God for the small things. Okay? I want to do something I've never done in almost probably 13 years of pastoring. And I'm going to play a song for you for the second week in a row. Someday I want to just be able to sing these songs. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I hear those preachers. I'll hear preachers and they'll be like, and they're the most amazing preachers. And then they just stop and just start singing. You know, if you've ever heard of Aaron Bounds in Ohio or Josh Carson or people or even Jody Wells in Florida. These guys are amazing preachers. And then they just start singing. And I'm like, you sing awesome too. This is not fair, God. <laughs> but I don't normally do this, but music is so powerful. It's in a beautiful artistic expression of life. And uh, there's a newer song by Chris Tomlin right now. And it is one of my, I look to try to get it my ringtone. Like, this is one of my favorite songs. It's not some deeply anointed move of God song. It's fun. But I want to just play this for you and watch the words of this song. Thank you, Lord, for the small things, like me and her on a poor swing, for summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six-string. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings, if I still got breath in these lungs, then that's all I need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done. For my mama, for my friends, for your love that never ends, for the songs that make us dance on this old dirt floor. times for lighting the way in the dark times for pulling me in forgiving again the times that i took it too far i gotta thank you for keeping me humble for picking me up when i stumble and although i change you stay the same and i don't say thank you enough for my mama for my friends for your love that never ends for the songs that make us dance on this old dirt floor for my babies for my I just wanna thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise up, eyes closed. One thing I know. I just wanna thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
love that song. I love that song. What a great song. And I, I laugh because I, I just came back from Wisconsin, and I always think about how much Missouri has changed me. You know, and I've made, <laughs> I've made, I've made, I'm still a Packer fan, by the way, but I just want to go on record as saying it was our backup quarterback, guys, just, just FYI. <laughs> anyway, but, um, but I came here, and I didn't have any guns. I got guns now. If you don't like guns, I'm sorry. I'm responsible with them, but I certainly never would have driven a pickup. Now I got a pickup truck. And I got power tools, and I even put a few things together. I, can't, I moved here with only a little target set. Now I got some power tools. I'm running some saws. I set toilets and hang ceiling fans, and don't get any ideas. I ain't coming to help you in your remodel. <laughs> But I never was a, like a country music type person. And now all these songs coming out, and I was like, man. I didn't plan that. I love the banjo. It's, it's awesome. And I hear these country singers. I'm like, hang on. I can get with this. For my mama, for my friends. I just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the hot time. You know, you got to get that. For my mama, for my friends. I was thinking about getting me a belt buckle next. Man, I'm like, Missouri's gotten into me. It's flowing through my veins. My goodness. I re recently told y'all, and I told you again today, that Thanksgiving is... Thanks, I didn't hear what you said, but... Yeah, I was saying y'all for a while. People in Wisconsin tell me my accent Southern. I'm like, no, it's not. But when I go back, I hear them talk, and I'm like, goodness, you guys. I'm like, uh, my great friend. And I was like, bro, I never heard you had an accent. He's like, what? And I was like, yeah, you just said, I'm about to go over there. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm starting to pick up the accent from where I grew up. I'm like, this is weird. But uh, I love Thanksgiving. It's probably my favorite holiday. It's, like I said, it's not just food, family, football. But it's one of the holidays that's based so strongly on biblical principles. To me, let it never be said of us. I talked to my kids about this last night. Because for most of humanity, our Christmas list is a lot longer than our Thanksgiving list. Christmas is great. I mean, we celebrate the birth of Christ. It's wonderful. But it's also filled with would you get me? I got this. I didn't want this. It's the wrong size. When are we opening up the gifts? Like, Thanksgiving's just like, God's great. Thanksgiving, let's eat turkey. You know, I mean, this is, it's wonderful. I, I just love that time of year. But the Bible repeatedly reminds us about the needs and the benefits of Thanksgiving, of being thankful. Paul writes to the Romans and talks about God's anger at sin. In Romans 1, 18 to 22, it says, But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. That's, man, we're talking about sinful, wicked people. 
He says, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them for ever since the world was created. People have, been, have seen the earth and the sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. But check out what he says next. He says, yes, they knew God. These are believers. But they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks and they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. So I read that and I go, wow, he's not talking about just some random people out there. He's talking about believers who have somewhere slipped into this mindset that they've gotten messed up. And he says one of the, one of the identifying points about that believer that got messed up is they no longer live a life of thankfulness. Man, see, he's calling to let us know that he's, he's cause somebody's calling to tell me amen. Live a life of thankfulness. And so for us, we go, well, wow, I, I don't want to just be some grateful person that makes it a good habit to do these things. But no, I want, that we're, I mean, you're talking about, could this possibly be like an eternal issue? He's talking about sinful, wicked people that do. Hey, guess what? They live a life that they don't even, they're not even giving God thanks. When we say, thank you, Lord, or thank you, Lord, we look up to God as the source of our life and breath and all good things. And when, in Acts 17, 24, it says, he is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since the Lord of heaven and earth, he, he doesn't. Since he's the Lord, he doesn't live in man-made temples. We're the, we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. And human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything. He satisfies every need. So I go, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that. I mean, that's, that's an incredible passage of Scripture. Being thankful gives God credit for every good and perfect gift. James 1.17 says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. So you might say, well, no, 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 that, I don't know if that was God. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. So guess what? You can argue with me about whether I have something good that is from me or from God or just happenstance. Every time, 100 times out of 100, I'm going to give God glory. Because if it's good, God, it's coming from you. Thank you, God, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your blessing, for who you are. You see, when, when Jesus healed 10 men, they had a disease of leprosy. And they came to him, and Luke tells us about him. And you know how many returned to thank Jesus? Just one out of ten. Luke 17 says, he, as he entered into a certain village, there met ten men who were lepers. They were standing afar off because you were part of a leper colony. You couldn't actually, in that time, you couldn't come into the city. You couldn't interact with people. It was a very contagious, dangerous disease. So you had to live in a leper colony outside the city. And so when they come up, everybody, even the followers, were, no, Jesus, no. You know, and so they come up and, 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 and they lifted up their voice, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw him, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. It came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. I, I can preach a whole message just on this. When did the healing take place? As they went. See, in that day, if, in order to come back into society and to, be, and to be back as a member of working society, you had to go to the priest and they had to make a determination that the leprosy was gone and you could now return back into society. 
So you thought quarantine started with COVID. We were quarantining back then, even, even years ago. So he said they'd have to come to him and he'd say, you can come back into society at this point. But at that point, they weren't healed. He says, go show yourselves to the priest. They had to walk in faith. And as they went, the healing took place. But look on the scripture as you read on. It says, and one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And, and I love that Luke gives us that information. He goes, oh, and he was a Samaritan. Because the Jews hated the Samaritans at that time. He's like, yeah, only one showed back up, and that guy was actually Samaritan. And Jesus answering says, uh, were there not ten people cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said to that stranger, that Samaritan, he said, arise, go thy way. Your faith has made you whole. There's a difference between being cleansed and whole. Cleansed, from my understanding, is you were healed of the disease, you could return to society, but there was still evidence of what used to be there. Whole, you're not only going to be healed, but you're actually going to be so much cleansed that there's not even any remnants left of what used to be in your life. There's no stigmas that come around with anything. You are totally healed. Now, I would say that based on that story, Jesus, it was not, he did not, it was not a demand. He, uh, the grateful heart, he healed them, but only the grateful heart did he make whole. Nine still carried around, around the remnants. One truly had a fresh start with no remnants. I believe it's safe to say that thankfulness meant something to Jesus. He did not demand it, but it appears he expected it. Thankfulness uh, Jesus, he said, hey, yeah, I heal you. There's only one that came. Where's the other nine? They're still clean. They're still cleansed. They're healed. But I'm going to do something special for you because I, as your Lord and Savior, value a thankful heart. And so he said, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, again, like my argument, I said, I don't think that these, these 10 people, I don't think these other nine, oh, what a bunch of fools. Man, I can't believe they did that. Bunch of spoiled brats, no gratefulness in their heart. I don't think that that's them. I think that they were just genuinely a group of good people. I mean, think about it. They've been living out in away from society for Lord knows how many years. And so he says, go show yourselves to the priest. And they just are like, what? Let's go. And they start running. They see that they're healed. They're excited. They just got a job to do to go show themselves to the priest. So they're on their way to do that. They're excited thinking about, I got some, I can get back. I can get another job. I can start my business again. I can get that house. I wonder if my house, if I could get back in and maybe I could buy it from someone because I used to live there and man, I just can't wait to get. And so their mind was already on the next thing. Sounds familiar. I don't think that we're not grateful people. Even when God does something, sometimes we're just going, cool, great. That's the heart of God. I'm a, I'm a Bible believer. I got a full week. I got to get into my job. I, I got things to do. And notice, 
God even sent them to show themselves to the priest. Sometimes for us, we do that same thing. Oh, I'm a minister. I have things to do. I can go into ministry. I can, I got to go serve at the church. I got to go clean. I got to prepare prayer for my Sunday school lesson. I, I have to go to music practice. I have to do these things. And so we're like, I'm doing your work, oh God, what you told me to do. But we still need to make time. For thankfulness. Certainly, yeah. I told you to go show yourself to the priest. No, but before I go and do anything else, even if it's what you told me to do, Jesus, I got to just get in your presence and bow myself at your feet and say, God, before I go and handle all the things I need to handle, because you know what? A lot of the things you guys are doing, they're important things. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. Some of you, what you do, your, your, your area of work and health care or service or first responders or even, even taking service industry and just serving our community, you, you all do. You got family, you got friends. There's things that you do that are very important. Nobody's arguing the importance of what you do. But even that, he says, I know I got all this stuff to do, a full, a full docket, a full week. I got meetings, schedules, papers. Do I got all this stuff. And I know even some of it's ministry. You called me to do it, Jesus. But first, before I go do anything, I just got to get at your feet. Thank you, Lord. God, I just want you to know I woke up this morning. I'm breathing. I'm eating. I got food. I got clothes. I got a vehicle to go to work. I got, I got a job. I got, I got friends. I got family. I got these things, Lord. And I just want to tell you before I go and start rushing off to all this stuff, I just want to say thank you, Lord. I just want to say thank you, God. I want to thank you for even the small things, Lord. Being unthankful is listed as one of the traits of ungodly people in the last days. 2 Timothy 3, 1, it says, you should know this, Paul writes to him, he says, Timothy, in the last days, there's going to be very difficult times. We're there. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. We are there right now. We're there. But the believers, there's an expectation that we should be different than these things. These are, these are marks of people in the last days that are, are ungodly. So if we're going to be godly, then we could say, well, we shouldn't love only ourselves and our money. We shouldn't be boastful and proud. We should not scoff at God. We should not be disobedient to our parents. All the parents said amen. Did you guys say amen too? Yeah. Right. And we should not be ungrateful. We should be grateful. So our lives should reflect the opposite of the ungodly. We should be godly. And so we should live our lives with a grateful heart. Pride and ungratefulness, though, they often go hand in hand, don't they? Because he says pride and ungratefulness. Because pride is what sometimes blocks the way of gratefulness. Why? Because when something happens, bless God, I got this house because I've been working overtime. I got this promotion because I've been going, I, got, I, I have my education. I paid off my bills because I saved my money. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm healthy because I eat right. I got this because I interviewed really well. Yeah, those all might be true, but I look at it like if I interviewed really well, it's because I prayed. And God helped me to interview really well. 
Or I got a beautiful wife because in a temporary moment of insanity, she decided to say I do. <laughs> the grateful heart works on these things. And no matter what we say, God, thank you for the promotion. Thank you for the raise. Thank you for the, the job. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for allowing me to serve in ministry. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my health. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. You see, we all may have a lengthy prayer list with our burdens, desires, and problems. But what about our Thanksgiving list? I consider myself thankful, but I was like, I've never written a Thanksgiving list. And I was like, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to write down a couple things that I'm thankful for. And I'm even going to tell the church, and I got the mic, so they have to listen whether they want to or not. And I just wrote some things down. I was like, you know, I'm thankful for my wife. Thankful for the fact she chooses to homeschool our kids. Everybody makes their own education choices. I'm thankful she's made that for us. Thankful for three children. Thankful that my wife works hard at hiding the word of God in their hearts. My kids work hard and make Bible quiz and put God's word in their heart. Thankful for the health of my family. I'm thankful that they've discovered insulin and there's insulin available for my six-year-old type 1 diabetic. Thankful for health insurance. Thankful for both of our sets of parents. Thankful for extended family on both my wife and my inside. Thankful for food. Thankful for clothing. Thankful for a beautiful home with a nice yard that my kids can play in. Thankful for nice vehicles. Thankful that I get to work my dream job as the lead pastor of this church. Thankful for the incredible leaders that I get to serve alongside of in this local church on a district level and on a national level. I feel like the United Pentecostal Church International has the greatest organizational leadership of any organization in the world. I'm thankful that we have beautiful people who serve in, in every ministry here at Refuge and invest in my children and others' children. Thankful for members of this church who accept me and love me in spite of me not being perfect most of the time. <laughs> There's probably a time or two I might be perfect, but very rarely. I'm thankful to have a beautiful church building to come in every week and worship God in. I'm thankful to have the unity and corporate vision to be able to build a new facility to make more disciples and impact more of the community. I'm thankful for two miraculous responses to two stewardship campaigns that have set us up for long-term success to be able to build. And that our kids and kids' kids aren't going to have to have the debt and carry the burden. Thankful that God took on flesh to pay the price for my sin and for the sins of this entire world. I'm thankful that in spite of my failure, he offers me grace. I'm thankful that he laid out a plan for my salvation and not only allowed me to personally experience that plan, my family's experienced that plan, but he's called me to preach that same plan. I'm thankful he gave me a spirit to help me live an overcoming life and become what he wants me to be and that he's there to help me and not just command it. I'm thankful that death is not where this life ends. I'm thankful that there's eternity with him, and I'm thankful that there's hope beyond the grave. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Oh, if you're, if you're watching online, I invite you right now to participate, just like you would in this service, and just type out something that you're thankful for. We'd love to read it. If you're here, I know it's crazy. Just shout out something that you're thankful for. Your kids. 
We don't get to do this. Come on, just shout something out. What are you thankful for? What? Life? God's word? Everyone here? Holy Spirit? Anyone else? What? For his word, his grace? Breathing? Right? Look at all these things that we can be thankful for. Even on a, do you know you can actually make a bad day a really good day fast by just stopping and going, there's a lot going wrong. But if I just pause, I think the good still outweighs the bad. I think the positive things still far outweigh the negative things. As we approach Thanksgiving this year, why don't we grab a piece of paper or our notes app and sit down with family and have a discussion. Chances are, you maybe have never done this, and it's going to start awkward. you got kids. All right, now let's sit down. What do you think? Well, Dad, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? And it's going to be weird if you don't do it. But I am nervous about the day when I need your Christmas list, and the kids sit on Amazon for hours and hand you a list. And then the list, honey, that's $500. You're not, I don't spend $500 on Christmas. But that's comfortable. But let's begin to compile a list of things we're thankful for, and that's awkward. Right? And so let's never get more comfortable with the Christmas list than we are with the thankful list. Why don't we be intentional about creating a culture of gratefulness in our church and in our homes what a difference it would make if every single day we made it a point, in spite of how busy we are, how important we are, the things we have to do, even if it's ministry, to come to Jesus and say, I know I have somewhere I need to be right now. I know I have a schedule to keep and plans for my day, but I cannot take another step until I, I can't rush off to deal with the next thing on my agenda until I first enjoy this moment right here in your presence and just say, Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And as you stand to your feet and, and the praise team comes back, I, I want to do something just a little different today at our altar call. In just a moment, I'm going to invite you all to find a, come to the front, find a place to pray. But here's what I want us to do. We take needs and God performs miracles, signs, wonders. He does great things here on a regular basis. But today, today, if you're going to pray with us online today, do not ask him for anything. Let's just for this one Sunday, let's not go, oh God, please help me, help my kids. Lord, I need my job. Lord, I'm, I'm really nervous about this. Please, will you, in the name of Jesus, God, touch this, help this, deliver this, set this free. Please leave me. I got a big thing this week. And Lord, and okay, great. We'll pray about that later. But how about for just this altar call, this response? The only thing we do, you might run out of things to say because it's so much easier to ask them for things. But just be intentional and focus on God. I just want to start compiling my list in my mind. Thank you for that home. Thank you that I'm going to walk out these doors and there's going to be a vehicle waiting for me out there. Thank you, God, that even though it might be old, I still have a decent set of clothes to put on today. 
thank you, God, that at times I feel disconnected, but I, I know this person in front of me or to the side of me, I know that they would do anything for me. Thank you that I'm in a church body that, man, I know they care about me. Thank you that I get to serve in ministry. Thank you, God, that you died on that cross and that, man, that you even, you're even willing to hear my prayers. Thank you, God, for this voice. Maybe it's not as good as I'd like it to be, but I can still lift it and praise you. Thank you for the motor skills to be able to go, God, I surrender to you. Thank you, God, that I can approach an altar right now, a place where you're going to meet me there. Oh, God, thank you for another chance. You see, don't ask him for anything, just thank him. And so as you begin to find a place to pray, I close by asking you this last question. What if you woke up tomorrow with only the things you thanked God for today? And I'm going to leave that question on the screen as we begin to find a place to pray. What if you woke up tomorrow with only what you thanked Him for today? That should help guide our prayer a little bit because there's some things I'd like to wake up with tomorrow. And so I have a lot to thank God for today. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. I love you.